Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me back in this podcast is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm back for the whole lot, baby. I am good. I feel I feel um, warm fuzzies today. Yeah. Help to wears. Just, you know, this is why I love this sport. Just... And I spoke to a few people, it's their first time at the Tour de France, a few Australians, and, you know, the the feeling on the mountain was just rejoice. It was just, what a day. So we, we said many, many times that it's such an iconic climb, but you and I, we were uh, we had the luxury to walk down, all the way down to Dutch Corner and back up again. Uh, that was just incredible. The number, the volume of people and how bonkers it was. And, and that was, you know, five hours before the race came through. Six hours, in fact, before the race came through. You know, there was already a steady stream this morning, wasn't there, of cyclists yeah. up early wanting to ride the mountain while they could, up and down. Some were staying in Bourguazon. Some some started walking from Bourguazon, which is the, the beautiful village at the base of the climb. They made their way a few kilometres up. And then you had thousands, like literally Thousands who stayed on the mountain last night who then walked down or, you know, found that spot. And you had people who camped up here yeah. four days prior just so they had a, a, a primo's place. Absolutely. Such a, an incredible uh, moment in life to, uh, to be able to do uh, Alpe d'Huez. And you know what? There's a, a winner that we didn't really expect, I, I guess. No to one be. picked him uh, in the Tom, tipping. No, Tom Pitcock. Uh, what an achievement. Yeah, I mean, he he's an exceptional rider. We know that. We knew that. Um, he's been touted as, you know, the, the guy that will join Mathieu van der Poel, Welt van Aert, you know, from that cyclocross mountain bike. We know he's an Olympic champ mm-hmm. in, in the mountain bike. He's a world champ in the cyclocross as well. But now he's, he, he's made his mark, his first big mark, if you like. Uh, he's already made some marks in road cycling, but stage win on Alpe d'Huez doesn't yep. get much bigger. Let's uh, listen to an interview I just had with him. That's Tom Peacock. Thomas, you are the youngest winner at Alpe d'Huez uh, just before uh, Lucho Herrera. That's uh, that's pretty cool fact. Thank you. <laughs> how, how was it? How was it today? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, we, we we I was told, you know, to expect something pretty spectacular, but yeah, we turned onto the climb and there was railings and then there was yeah, there were quite a lot of people, but not many. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not that bad. Yeah. And then we get halfway up and. Uh, you can barely ride through the people. I mean, that's it's, it's actually quite hard to keep pushing when there's no room to ride. You have to kind of just trust that everyone's going to move out of your way. It's, uh, it's a bit strange feeling, actually, but uh, no, completely bonkers. Now, winning uh, the Olympics or winning Al Alpes? Which one is the best? Um, yeah, I, I think the gold medal, but this is certainly one of my best achievements, I think. 
Not very phased about being the first ever, or the youngest rider here at Alpeduez. It's pretty. Hey, and the youngest prior to him was what? Who? Lucho Herrera. Lucho Herrera. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's it's, huge. You know, that's that's a big compliment. I thought, you know, I was I, I was going in with my big compliment. No one knew about that fact. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay. Damn, but the other fact that. interesting though, uh, he just said he, he still cherishes his gold medal at the Olympics, maybe more than the achievement here at La Pedrez. I tend to disagree with him. Uh, mate, Venus. Take, can we, is there any way we can go back on this pod and get rid of his interview? I don't know. No, we don't. But uh, <laughs> we joking. can disagree with him. We can disagree with him. Yeah, that, that is really interesting. What he did say in the World Feed interview, though, he doesn't think he's experienced anything like yeah. what he did today riding up the mountain with the crowds. And the, the, he just said, I don't think there's anything else yeah, in, in any sport that you could experience like that. And yeah. it was. It was... It was pretty unique. Oh, well, you it? and I, we just walked past through and then uh, oh. check out check out the social media from uh, uh, SBS Sport because we, we did a good job, I think, about feeding you about our day uh, on, on the mountain on Alpe d'Huez and uh, that was pretty incredible once again. Incredible as well, Chris Froome. Trooper. He's, yeah. He's, he's, look, I don't think he'll ever get back to his best. He's 37, so age is against him, but so good to see him in the break today. He crossed, he crossed across to the break. Um... And, you know, I really wanted him to win. I can't yeah, help I it. I've interviewed him loads of times over the years through his through his prime time winning the tour. He's a gentleman. He's a champion of our sport. And, look, he'll be, he'll be pretty satisfied with that. And, again, it's another step in the, in a, in the right direction. And that's why he's a champion, because yeah. uh, he does stuff, things like that. Uh, yeah, so good to see him there. Guess what? Let's listen to Chris from... If anything, I think it just uh, shows where I've, where I've come from the last three years. Um, I mean, I could. Uh, I've been struggling, struggling to walk normally for for a year and a half. So um, to be back racing the Tour de France, one of the hardest stages on on Abdouaz, to come third, um, that's a small victory for me anyway. I'm I'm happy. I gave it I gave it absolutely everything. So in that sense, I, I don't. Have any regrets, and I can I can be happy with uh, with how I've ridden today, and uh, and the progression I've made, and uh, something to make it a little bit more special for me today. I've I've got my family here at the finish, uh, my wife, my six-year-old son, and my three-year-old daughter. So it's it's special to to have them here today, and uh, to have, to have had the chance to be in the breakaway as well today. So thank you, thank you, to, thank you to my team for believing in me, giving me the chance as well and uh, I hope to be able to repay them. That was Chris for me so good to, uh, to interview him in a, uh, back here on, on the finish line uh, and, and you say and I said it in the commentary tonight uh, when I was lucky enough to, to be invited by, uh, uh, by our commentary team. Um, I think the French people have a soft spot for Chris Froome now. I think, yeah. you know, he, he was thrown urine on him. He was swear at. He was spat out. On this very climb. Yes. On this very yeah, climb. Yeah, and I it's guess today, crazy, isn't it? Uh, what happened to him, I think the, the French public is, there's probably a better understanding about what he went through. And there yeah. was a bit of redemption today. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, it's it, look, humans are funny, aren't they? And society is strange sometimes. You can say that we... The tall poppy syndrome, you know, we love to we love to knock them down when they're when they're yeah. invincible, and we love an underdog. And and Froome today was the underdog. He wasn't the favourite from that break. You could argue, um, he was the underdog. As good as his achievements have been in cycling, we know where he's at. Um, so yeah, it's it's not surprising really that yeah. that 
that that perception now of the, of the from the French has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, the the battle for GC. Um, Pogacar, uh, what do you make of his performance today? He tried. Yeah, he tried. Not nothing surprised me today. I didn't expect him to be super. He looks like he's recovered. You know, pretty much just about everything from you know his little capitulation yesterday. Um, that capitulation that's what I'm calling it mm -hmm. by the way that could haunt him for the rest of the tour because for me it wasn't a it wasn't a bad form day it was a bad management of his body or his body just said I've had enough today so he, he that that may haunt him for the rest of the tour but Bring it's, on the Pyrenees because we're going to see him attack. It's funny because you, you mentioned before in previous podcasts where you were saying, oh, it's going to be hard for UAE to defend 30 seconds. It's going to be tough for defend 30 and seconds. Why, yeah. and, and, and now the tables have turned. Is it going to be harder for Jumbo to defend that gap with Pog or not? Jumbo's a stronger team, so less hard, less if hard. that makes sense. Um, look, I think at some point Pog can attack at the base of a climb and he'll drop all of Jumbo Visma, probably, except Vinegar. Vinegar, vinegar, yeah, and and then he can you know try and sort him out. So I don't think he'll have a problem isolating him, but he's going to also isolate himself because he we know his teammates can't climb uh, high in the mountains with him. So, but I think we're going to see a battle all the way to Paris. Yeah. And remember the penultimate stage. Without trying to jump ahead of ourselves too much, it's a 40 kilometer individual TT. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen to uh, Tadej Pogacar. Yeah, uh, today uh, I should be more confident in me, and uh, but yeah, I tried a couple of times. Jonas was following; he was super strong. But I think uh, yeah, today is just uh, was a good day for me to get my boost, motivational boost back after yesterday. And I think uh, yeah, the tour is far from finished. Um, I will try until Paris, and uh, yeah, uh, I will give everything I can. There was a Tadej Pogacar. He says it: battle all the way to Paris. This is clear. The game is on all the way to the finish line. He's won two tours. He's, he's the top dog, isn't he? And he he will find a way to try and dethrone Vinegar from that um, yellow jersey. So, yeah, I think what we're in for now is an exciting, um, you know, next week and a bit. And, you know, we know our producer's pretty happy at the moment because, you know, we the, the audience wants a, a, a contest. And if, if Pog it kept extending his advantage... You know, you start to think, oh, is it just, you know, it's all done and dusted with a week to go? Mm -hmm. Now it's not. It's game on. But it's not just for the ratings. In reality, it's not done and dusted. No, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, and, you know, you the, you, the viewer and the listener, go back and listen to some of our pods. And I've always said in Tour de France's, you know, even the Chris Froome days, you say, it is never over until they ride that last, that final lap around the Champs-Élysées. Mm -hmm. Because this is a three-week beast. It is a three-week monster. And so many variables can stop even the very best, the very biggest champion from, from winning this race. And we saw that yesterday on that, that now becoming infamous climb of Col de Granon. Um, Pog lost three minutes almost in five kilometres. So this race is far, far, far from over. Yeah, perhaps uh, 100% agree with you. Uh, the yellow jersey... Jonas Vingegaard, he was aggressive following Pogacar. He was not giving him an inch. He respects him. Yeah, they've got respect for each other. I think at one point, a cheeky little smile. That by was both nice. Of them. That like, was nice that. try, mate. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Twice, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's got respect for him. And, and he knows how good he is. He knows he, he's, 
yeah, he's still the best in the world. Yeah, Pogacar. Uh, he's still the best cyclist in the world, I think, and, and Vingegaard is respecting that. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, let's listen to uh, Jonas Vingegaard. It was his first day in yellow. Yeah, it was a super nice day. <coughs> uh, I'm super happy um, to have the yellow jersey. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got attacked in the end by Pogacar, but luckily I was able to follow him and uh, I'm happy about that. I expect him to attack uh, on every occasion he has. Uh, I think... Uh, Yeah, today is a fighter uh, for sure, and he will try every every chance he has. I, I really have to give a big thanks to uh, to my whole team because uh, they rode incredibly strong today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had uh, Seb until the last 300 meters, and uh, yeah, the whole the whole team was incredible today. So uh, so yeah, the fantastic team we have here, and uh, it gives me uh, some confidence that I have such a strong team. But Maka, let's talk as well about Garen Thomas. He was pretty impressive today. He was. Look, hey, there's... I mean, you know, he's won the back race before. I was going to say, yeah, you don't win the Tour de France before by fluke. And, um, no, nah, he's... Look, I'm really rapt to see him back um, at this level. And he's fighting furiously for a podium position. And he gained a few seconds on Bardet today. So what I'm loving is the fight for the podium. And, and you know, Pogacar's fighting them as well. Yeah. He's got to offload them. So there's this whole battle that's continuing. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Geraint Thomas. Yeah, it's great. I actually forgot he won. <laughs> Obviously, because it's so concentrated at the end there. But yeah, fantastic for him. Um, super talent. We started with the day. I planned for him to go. Jumbo were covering him quite well at the start. But then I think in the end, they were just happy for him to go just so they could shut the race down. And he went on the descent really well because there was obviously a few guys in the middle. That was perfect. Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? Little whippersnappers, but uh, no, I don't even attempt to kick when they go because, yeah, just obviously I got to accelerate, but not at that rate. And I know they'd more than likely mess around. That's what happened. Just kept riding, came back, and uh, yeah, bit stop start. I actually felt like I had the speed in that sprint, but uh, well, Vingegaard came. Well, it was either break or crash, so I braked. Uh, kind of. Some of them were just too too crazy though. I got hit a few times on the arm. Um, luckily there's no flares, that was good. Because I can just choke you. But uh, it's great to have the fans, but they just need to let us race, you know, because it's, 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 it's a bit crazy sometimes. The heat was a, a bit of an issue. Uh, at some point, he, he, we, uh, we went really close to 40 degrees. It was 37 wow. or 38 degrees uh, during the day. So how much of this is, has been impacting the riders? Because we know there is also more heat coming. Yeah, there's a, that's right. I mean, this is, the, this is actually a third heat wave across parts of Europe. Um, and, you know, the first one was before, I think, the start of June. Yep. So it's been a super hot summer pretty much everywhere. Um, I mean, we're not complaining. No, no, from no. From our no. point of view. No, we won't rub it into you back at home. <laughs> no. Yeah, not, not This at all. has been not too bad, yeah, let's face it. No, it's been, it's been really good. But, look, and again, a, without trying to sound like a broken record, I think that's what costs... Pogacar that time yesterday that I think the heat got to him and ultimately that's what cost him if it was a cooler day I think he probably would have been fine um, sure there's all these other elements you know the, the, all the work his team had done in the first week he was going to lose that time no matter what yesterday and it was the heat I think that that caused it probably the heat and probably a wrong nutrition You mentioned that probably he didn't eat at the right time or didn't yeah, uh, refresh at the right time. Sometimes your body does not want to cooperate in 36 degree heat, you know, whatever it was yesterday. 
it just says, and, and your body starts to go into shutdown and you're trying to get liquid in and your body struggles to accept it. And, and I just, and you know, we don't know the full story. He said himself, he didn't know. But to me, it was that extreme heat. And we saw all the salt, you know, coated on the riders as they came past us before the finish. And then obviously after when they came back down. Yeah, it was, so these, if we do get this heat wave in the Pyrenees, look out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another the rider I wanted, I just came and have a quick chat with is, is Bob Jungels. It was warm and hard, uh, three, three hard climbs, so, oh, but uh, in general the feeling was good, uh, much better than yesterday. And uh, so yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm very satisfied with, uh, with my day. Uh, winner of the stage in this Tour de France, he was trying a new bike today. Uh, it was still a tough day for him. Yeah, yeah, tough day. And, and you know, can I just say, we, we, we have a bit of fun. Every now and then we get a little bit bored. We come up with nicknames. Uh, Dad Joke Alert. Yeah, Dad D Joke yeah. Alert. <laughs> Uh, Bob's uncle. Bob's uncle, yeah. Bob's uncle this is his nickname. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I think when you maybe, you know. But uh, how do you name the others? Uh, I've got one. I've got a winner of today coming in mind. Vinigo is actually the correct pronunciation, by the way. Vinigol in, in, in Danish. Uh, vinegar. Yeah. Just vinegar. Uh, Jonas Vinegar. Um, Pogacar, Focaccia. Focaccia, yeah, okay. Today, Focaccia. Um, there's a few others. Well, well, we won't. Let's not leave yeah, them all out yeah, now. We'll, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, Give us your feedback. We want you to come up with some nicknames, okay? It would be good. This would be good. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Give, uh, us, give, us, some, give us some nicknames of some of your favourite riders. So tomorrow there's another stage. It's probably one for the breakaway. Saint-Étienne. Yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah, it is, it is one for the breakaway, I think, 100%. It's 190-odd kilometres. There's a few climbs, and that will that is what I think will get the breakaway away. And... I think the sprinters, you know, as much as they'd love to, Caleb Ewan is still searching for his first win. There's a few others that are as well. They'd love to try and keep it together, but I think it's too hard a day. Um, it's not flat enough to keep it together. It's not a mountain day, but it's, it's certainly not pan flat. But yet again, Saint-Étienne is so much more than a football club and a, a rock band. And Saint-Étienne has been a, a regular feature in, a, in the Tour de France. Yeah, it is. It's, these cities, and I've said this before on the pod and I've said it to you, Growing up as a kid in Australia and watching, you know, the half-hour highlights for the whole three weeks, that's all we used to get. Mm -hmm. You'd hear these names. Morzine was one of them. Saint-Étienne was another one. Um, it, they just are uh, embedded in my brain of cities. And when I first got to go to them, I was like, wow, I'm in Saint-Étienne or I'm in Morzine or, or I'm in Bourgoison, you know. Um, yeah, all these places, and we've just seen the yellow jersey right past. Yeah, us. just right past. In the like he's doing gravel. We are in he's a gravel. <laughs> on a gravel. Yeah, he is yeah. just warming down. Anyway, so you haven't seen this, and but the, the yellow jersey just drove, uh, just rolled past. And can I say it? It's seven thirty in the evening. Yeah, he's not, still in the kit. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. That, that's not bad. that's the protocol got, you do. He's got a new finish. jersey though. He's got yeah. a new jersey on him. Yeah, in <laughs> a fresh jersey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Thank you. We got a bit of a drive Ooh, down to Grenoble. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won't book the restaurant just yet. No, because there's so. 500,000 other people yeah. that want to get off the mountain with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, 
fun is fast. Tour de France winner Geraint Thomas uses it, so too does Matthew van der Poel, and Australia's Neve Bradbury has zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started, all you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.